Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, thank you for joining us. I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up. And joining me is my co-host, Jason Fortney, editor of California Energy Markets. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Dan. How are you? Did you have a good uh, weekend? Uh, I did. Got to take my uh, kid to a Little League game. Always fun watching that. Um, it was raining, but, you know, it was fun. How about you? Yeah. Well, my daughter is seven, but I can't wait to do some Little League. But we're pretty active. Yeah, I went to the river, the Yuba River yesterday. I was expecting it to be too cold and too crowded, but it was neither. So we had a blast. Just beautiful, beautiful weather here in NorCal right now. Oh, it's getting to be that time of year, heading out onto the rivers. Yep. First trip of the year, first of many. I'm glad to hear that it wasn't too crowded or uh, too cold or too anything. Sounds like it was just just right. It was. It was really beautiful. Goldilocks River Day. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. (laughs) But the crowds will be here. Yeah. Soon. Coming up from Sacramento, et cetera, which is fine. We welcome everybody. (laughs) invite all all types everybody's welcome on the river yes Yes. speaking of the summer weather drawing people to the crowd or to uh, rivers Mm -hmm. iso came out with their summer outlook can you tell us what's in it yeah i had some interesting news last week our two lead stories were on summer reliability um i'll I'll get into in a couple minutes kind of different takes from kaiso the california independent system operator and the Energy Commission, which I'll get into, uh, Kaiso um, had a little briefing for for uh, summer 21, uh, 2022, it's uh, resources and loads assessment results. Um, what they said is Kaiso Grid is better prepared for summer than it was last year. The number of hours of risk and the threat of load shed is significantly reduced. The conditions are better because of new resources, especially energy storage, officials said. This is at the May 12th Kaiso Board of Governors meeting where they also covered the new strategic plan for the next four years and some interconnection uh, process enhancements. Uh, so yeah, conditions are better despite low hydro levels and changes in load, but, and this is key, the grid remains vulnerable to high loads and low import availability during widespread heat events, especially in late summer. That's what happened back in August, 2020, when we had rolling blackouts, high loads from air conditioners in the evening, you know, after yeah. solar has gone offline and low imports. And this happens whenever there is a west-wide heat wave although heat in California is nothing new. Um, a little detail, um, uh, Kaiser said, traditional planning techniques used for loads and resources assessment. And this is why I think their take is different from CEC. This is just my hunch. What they said, it does not take into account the risk of more extreme weather events and climate change. Kaiso uses pretty sophisticated analysis with probabilistic results from a stochastic model and deterministic stack analysis results. Stochastic meaning you're using models that estimate the probability of various outcomes while uh, incorporating certain inputs that have uncertainties. Right. Um, so did California Ener- did the California Energy Commission uh, address the issues in the in the same way as Kaiso? A little differently, and that was what's 
interesting when I, you know, our, our, our headlines here were, were quite different. The Kaiso headline was, um, Kaiso says summer outlook better than in 2021 and a pretty strategic plan. Uh, our headline for CEC was reliability at forefront of CEC discussions state unprepared for summer 2022. So a little bit different. What the CEC says, and this is a lot of staff speaking at a meeting last week, a confluence of local and world events, including retiring generations, supply chain disruptions, drought, and international policy is poised to test California's grid reliability this summer and into the near future. And the state remains ill-prepared for an uncertain, uncertain future. This is according to staff. Uh, there was an uh, update during a presentation at the May, uh, May uh, 11th business meeting so, you know, we had tight conditions um, last summer and, of course, the blackouts in 2020. Um, the CEC uh, is looking at various um, solutions, I guess, include delaying generation plant retirements. There's talk of uh, keeping Diablo Canyon open now, which I never thought would happen. Um but there's a lot of new resources due online, 11.5 gigawatts, 140 new projects due online within the next, within the next four years, uh, about, you know, uh, about 11,000 megawatts of new nameplate. The other issue that we've been reporting on is this procurement. Um, as we're aware, the California officials recently held a press conference warning of uh, reliability problems. And one of those issues is supply chain affecting all this new procurement. So kind of a dicey situation um, to sort of wrap up. The, the biggest takeaway I can think of is I think the CEC uh, may be uh, concerning a few more factors than CAISO, which works with CEC inputs, but some interesting results there. Yeah, so, a lot, lot to take in. It's like drinking through a fire hose, but those are some really <laughs> interesting and important forecasts, uh, especially now more than ever um, yeah it yeah i uh, of course transmission remains a central part to answering all of these problems and sure. so i'm going to use that as a segue into one of our top stories over at news data here this past week uh, state regulators in wyoming and utah have given pacific core the green light to start construction on two segments of its energy gateway transmission project uh, the 2000 mile long project is the largest one currently under development in the Western US, the largest transmission project. Uh, it, development got started in 2007, and so far they've completed only 525 miles of the project, which has cost 2.4 billion. And I think the total project's supposed to cost upwards of 8 billion. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, the sign-offs from Wyoming and Utah state regulators uh, say that they can start work on a 400 mile section gateway of the Gateway South segment stretching from Medicine Bow, Wyoming to Mona, Utah, and a 75 mile section of the Gateway West line, uh, this part of the line running through Eastern Wyoming. And it's a massive transmission project that is trying to tie in together uh, a lot of parts of Pacific Core's footprint, which mm -hmm. is covers seven states what is that one two three four five uh 
at least six, maybe seven. I'm not, uh, but not it's small. a lot. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're basically, uh, yeah, they're one of the biggest utilities in the West. But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I want to get back to the, to the, to the situation in, in California and thinking ahead. Cause you, you had a column on not the forecasts, but looking back, um, Kaiso mm-hmm. is uh, it's a ev- it's evaluation of some of the challenges facing it. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this uh, got quite a bit of press coverage. Uh, CEC and CPUC <clears throat> held recently held a press conference where I thought it was pretty remarkable. They said, you know, we might have blackouts this summer. I don't remember that in 2020 or 2021, and one recurring theme is this, like I said, the procurement and supply chain um, planning officials say resources are about 1700 megawatts short this summer for the evening net demand period, which is when we see the problems and up to 5,000 megawatts short by 2025. Um, My column, which I, here's my headline, blaming California's blackouts on climate change is tenuous at best. So as we know, climate change is a tricky topic. I don't want to get into religion here, but uh, I've watched this process sort of unfold back in 2019 when Kaiso CEO Steve Burbridge went to the Kaiso board, and I I wrote this up. I really struck me. He said, you know, we're 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 going to be short in the evening periods uh, after solar goes away, and what he said, you know, it's the ramping. There's insufficient imports. Uh, when, especially when there's a heat wave, because obviously that there's less power available. There's various reasons for that. But I noticed after the 2020 blackouts, uh, climate change became a central theme and was kind of slapped on the root cause analysis. Mm. And, you know, this gets tricky. We, we know climate change is real. We know it's causing more extreme weather, drought. But can we uh, attribute blackouts to climate change. And I think, as I said in my column, it's a little bit tenuous. Um, it seems like it's putting a lot on a slow and uneven yeah. development. I mean, it's and, that, that is taking yes. decades to, yeah, to, I mean, it's climate change it happens a little bit. Well, in terms yeah. of what we're talking about, the context we're talking about, it, it's, uh, Mm-hmm. All in all, slow changes. These are not suddenly, um, oh, you know, now you've got yeah. effectively like half the generation capacity because of this, that, and the other thing due to climate change. Right. And there's a, a couple things worth pointing out. For instance, demand on the Kaiser grid in 2021 was less than in 1998 uh, by several thousand megawatts mm-hmm. because of rooftop solar. And that Rooftop solar, people might not know, shows up as a demand reduction at Kaiso. So demand is not going up on the California grid in terms of what's the or the Kaiso grid, I should say. There are other parts of the grid. <clears throat> so it's not like we're having massive increases in demand in California, quite the opposite. And that's that's really a testament to good planning in that sense, energy efficiency, uh, you know, keeping demand flat or lower, although we've we've seen spikes uh, over that period of time, you know, it's pretty impressive. Uh, and also we've had major heat waves before climate change is nothing new. You know, we've known about it since the late nineties. You'd think 
yeah. we should be able to plan for it. But uh, yeah, 2006, we had several hotter days than in 2020. It wasn't as widespread, but uh, yeah, and it gets a little a little murky for me once you start. And when, when you're making such direct comparisons, like they, they put up the first slide in the presentation was back-to-back -back years of energy reliability challenges driven by climate change in 2020 and 2021. So, yeah, I think it... Um, you know, it takes the responsibility off the utilities, off the the legislators, off the regulators, and they just throw up their hands as well as climate change. So just, you know, something I keep an eye out because uh, I want an honest conversation um, on this. So, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of where I went. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I should... At tell listeners here. So there's uh, some interesting conversation a little bit. And if you want to hear some more about this one, if you want to learn more about it, you can read Jason's excellent coverage over at CEM and coverage from other CEM reporters. Um, but also you guys talked about it, this a little bit more on the public power underground uh, latest podcast episode that we do with Klatskanai PUD. Uh, listeners should certainly go check it out. There's an interesting conversation around some of this with the weekly guest Ben Surrier mm -hmm. was on from yep. uh, RMI. But uh, I'm just going to give my last one here, if you don't mind me jumping in. Uh, sure thing. So hundreds of yearly summer Chinook salmon were dumped into the Columbia River below Chief Joseph Dam on May 6. Their survival rates will be compared to fish released further upstream at dams with no juvenile fish passage facilities which will give biologists valuable information about the obstacles fish face in their life cycle, going from Northwest rivers out to the Pacific Ocean and back to the rivers to spawn and die. This juvenile survival study uh, will continue for at least the next five years, and it's one of many being conducted by the Upper Columbia United Tribes as it works to determine what it would take to bring salmon back to the blocked areas above some of the world's largest hydroelectric dams. That story is reported out by my colleague, uh, Casey Mahaffey, uh, who also reports in a separate story that salmon managers with the Columbia River Technical Management Team are not changing operations at Lower Monumental Dam for the time being, thanks to higher passage rates for adult spring Chinook salmon. And just last, uh, a story or a letter was released recently by the Public Power Council, which represents the vast majority of Bonneville Power Administration preference customers. The PPC, the Public Power Council, came out and said that they are all up for day ahead markets. Uh, Kaiso is present is pushing its extended day ahead market, and the Southwest Power Pool is developing a, its Markets Plus proposal. So we've got kind of two competing day-ahead market options. And PPC says that it is dedicating, uh, working on, on developing both, open to either one. Uh, but it is it did stress in the letter that it is uh, any market proposal should uh, ensure and maintain that statutory preference customers, public power has access to cost-based uh, federal power. Well, that is it for me. Uh, I'm Dan Catchpole with Clearing Up. Thanks for listening. And as always, please rate and review this podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and let other people know about it. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DCatchpole and my co-host, Jason Fordney, 
is on Twitter at Fordney Energy. Yep. Thanks, Dan. Good coverage on the Edom story. And yes, everybody, thanks for listening to Newsdata's Energy West. You can read more of our coverage at newsdata.com. Nobody covers energy in the West like we do. Follow us on Twitter. CEM is at CEM Newsdata. That's the letter CEM Newsdata. Clearing up is at CU Newsdata. Again, that's the letters CU Newsdata. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. You've been listening to Newsdata's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow.